Welcome to episode number 10, double digits, of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about raw cheese. Does it take five minutes to make raw cheese? Or does it take five days to make raw cheese? Stay tuned, I'll fill you in, and we'll be back with you shortly. Thank you so much for joining me on this the 10th episode of the Raw Food Podcast. It's been a while since I've recorded one, but this episode is dedicated to Miss Lisa G, who loves to listen to the Raw Food Podcast while she's doing house cleaning. And thank you, Lisa, for your recent feedback. Your feedback, I just read it about five minutes ago, and it inspired me to record another podcast. So thank you so much. You can check out what Lisa G is doing at rawfoodwannabe.blogspot.com. So thank you for your feedback, Lisa. So today, the topic that I've decided to talk about is cheese. Don't you just love the taste of cheese? When I used to eat the standard American diet, I adored cheese. And so this is a topic that's close to my heart and I wanted to share everything I know about making raw cheese with you. Now, frequently, if you Google or watch on YouTube how to make raw cheese, you might get pretty overwhelmed. There is a common way of making cheese from nuts, of course, from cashews. It's called cashew cheese, usually. And it takes many days and many, many steps. And I have done it a couple of times. Um with very limited success. Now, you know me from therawtarian.com where I share very simple, satisfying recipes that are very quick to make. So you know me in that I am not prepared to wait many days and do like 37 steps to make something. Now, these cashew cheese recipes usually are based, these complicated recipes are based on making rejuvelac, which... Um, is kind of like this mixture. It's you soak um, raw grains, like you sprout grains, and then mix the water that is left over from when you sprout them. That's called rejuvelac, and it has certain. God, I should have researched this before I recorded this, but it has you know, um, kind of like bacteria or enzymes in it. I'm not really sure which. I used to know, but I didn't do a refresher on it. But anyway, so that's what you're doing is making this rejuvelac first, or you can put these little um, pills kind of things with the bacteria and that you buy at the health food store that are really expensive. Either of those two things, but that's very time consuming. Um, so I have done that, not lately, probably about a year ago, I went through like a whole weekend of making rejuvelac and then using the rejuvelac in um, you know, blending it with cashews and then putting it in the fridge for a couple of days. And it did not turn out well. 
So the whole idea between making this cashew cheese, and you sometimes see beautiful pictures on the internet of people who have made this raw cashew cheese, is that it becomes a firm block, and it kind of looks like brie, actually. You know how sometimes you'll see um, in your old standard American life uh, a, a round of brie cheese, and then sometimes people will crust it with nuts or that kind of thing. It's a little block of cheese. So that's what I was trying to make with these complicated recipes. And a couple of times I've tried this making um, the rejuvelac for a few days, which basically involves soaking your grain and switching out the water and moving it around for a few days. And there's a bunch of steps there. And then you are actually a few days later than making the cashew mixture with your spices and I think that's usually made in a high-speed blender like a Vitamix and that is then combined instead of using water with that you use the rejuvelac and that is supposed to kind of give it the the right whatever that is that makes the cheese the bacteria type of thing but in my experience I've tried it a couple of times so anyway you've got the rejuvelac which is really just the water that you made then you've a few days later made this cashew mixture and combined it and then you're supposed to refrigerate it for a long time I forget exactly like a day or two days or something like that and then you're supposed to kind of refrigerate that in a block and usually what people will do is have a, a small bowl lay a saran wrap in the bowl and kind of shove it down into the bowl then you pour your cashew plus rejuvelac mixture into the bowl then cover it up and you're supposed to refrigerate that for a couple of days and then apparently what's supposed to happen is you then a couple of days later you take that out and you kind of dump the um cashew mixture out and because you lined it with saran wrap it's supposed to be a nice firm block of cheese but that has never happened to me I followed good directions and it never became firm and what ended up happening and the reason I'm recording this and I will get to a point shortly is that I went through these like three or four days of like steps and all that it was good but it was like um what I the result was not a firm block of cheese the result was kind of like cream cheese so like a good cream cheesy spread which is good and tasty and useful the big but here is that I can make a nice tasty cheesy creamy spread in five minutes without using rejuvelac and without waiting for like 79 hours <laughs> so um what I'm here to talk to you about today is my shortcut version so skip all that stuff um about waiting for four days and let's just make it in five minutes in the blender shall we because i i'm not saying that it cannot be done i'm sure some people seem to be having success in making a firm ish block of cheese and if you have a recipe that consistently actually works for making this three-day cheese i might do it occasionally you know for a special event or something um but that's for me the results were not worth waiting that long because it was like maybe a smidgen firmer than 
what I can make in five minutes. So the value, like the return on my investment of my time just was not there. So what you want to know, dear listener, is probably, well, how do you make this really quick cheese that tastes good? And all it is, is it's a variety of ingredients that you would combine in a high-speed blender. And then you blend it up and then you have like a nice cheese sauce. And it's not really runny. It's, let's say, the consistency almost of peanut butter, I would say, or mm, like maybe if you refrigerate peanut butter, you know how sometimes that might get kind of hard. It's still soft, but it's kind of hard as well. So that's really what you get. And it has a flavor, the recipe I'm going to explain to you. The flavor is almost like a white cheddar flavor as opposed to an orange cheddar flavor that's really sharp. It doesn't have that sharp flavor, but it does have a really nice, creamy, cheesy flavor. And actually my husband, who got into healthy eating far before I did and is quite particular about his flavor preferences, he actually doesn't really like this cheese that I make because it tastes too cheesy and he didn't like cheese in his old life either because he's some amazing healthy person that drives me mental. <laughs> so anyway, the ingredients to make my very quick cheese blender concoction is, are I should say, two cups of cashews, three quarter cups of water, just normal water is fine. One tablespoon of lemon juice. One teaspoon of Celtic sea salt, or a little bit less than one teaspoon. And here is the secret ingredient. And I'm going to talk more about this ingredient later. But a third of a cup of nutritional yeast. And then optionally, you may need to add two or three more tablespoons of water if you want to, to get that um, going. Because as you know, if you've made a lot of things in your blender, there's kind of a sweet spot in terms of the liquid to uh, dry ingredients ratio. Because obviously, if it's really liquidy, it'll blend up really nice and easily, kind of like a, a, a smoothie that has a lot of water in it. That's easy to blend. Whereas if you ever tried to make almond butter in your Vitamix, you know that it's so dry that it can be difficult. So this episode is all about finding that sweet spot of thick enough so that it's really nice and thick and spreadable versus runny enough so that you can actually get it to blend in the blender. So that's really a key piece of this recipe. But so just to recap there, and of course, just go to the show notes at therawtarian.com slash podcasts and you want episode 10 and then you can get the recipe there so you don't have to write it all out but anyway all we have in this recipe is cashews water and lemon juice sea salt and nutritional yeast five ingredients five minutes and you're done so now we've put all of those ingredients in the Vitamix blender we've blended them up and this, because of that sweet spot issue I was talking about, sometimes this one, it's not hard to make in the blender at all, but it's probably where you are going to turn it on low and slowly turn up the blender. 
and it might start to spin and then you you know that um it's not really spinning quite right it's making that high speed noise and you know that it's not sucking down and creating that what i call a vortex down the center so quite frequently with this recipe when you're blending it you're going to want to once it starts to have trouble blending just stop turn it off um take the lid off slide a spatula or something like that a knife down the side and just create an air pocket and what that means is all you're doing is pushing some of the mixture to the side or sorry to the center so that you've got a you can see the bottom down the side and that air pocket is going to um, allow it to blend properly so what you've done is you've turned it off you've slid your spatula down shoved some of the mixture away from the side to create an air pocket remove your spatula put the lid back on tightly and then start blending again and you may need to do that a few times but that will really help blend as I mentioned you could add a teeny bit more water but you really don't want to overdo it with the water because then you're going to end up with a weird watery cheese sauce which is not very appetizing so once you've created this uh cheese sauce i'm gonna call it but it's it's not uber runny it's but we're gonna just call it a cheese sauce for the sake of simplicity here once you've created it you can certainly use it instantly there's no waiting there's nothing so what i frequently use this cheese sauce for first of all it's the sauce in my macaroni and cheese my raw macaroni and cheese recipe so i that's actually how i use it most of all i actually make this recipe a lot and i use it in macaroni and cheese that's the number one way i use it also i've gotten more into making veggie burgers lately in my dehydrator and i love to spread this cheese on my dehydrator patty Oh my gosh sorry my veggie burger patty that i've made in the dehydrator i've been having the best veggie burgers lately especially um i need to actually probably record a podcast on this using my onion bed bread recipe as a bun oh my gosh and then just because all of these things are pretty small right you've got the bun which i make into a little loaf and then i slice it down the center and then i've got the patty but I just load on the vegetables onto this burger. So it's huge and like with a ton of lettuce, especially, and it's so good. But if you spread this cashew cheese on it, oh my gosh, it's a cheeseburger. It's so delicious. Anyway, that was a sidetrack, but I really should record a podcast on it because I've just been like in heaven lately with my veggie burgers. I hadn't been de dehydrating for a long time. We were renovating our kitchen and I've just been busy, but I'm really back into be dehydrating in a big way and I'm loving it lately. But I was talking about the uses for the cashew cheese. So I said the macaroni and cheese, I said the spreading it on a veggie burger, or I've also been making these little loaves of spongy bread. Oh my God, if you haven't made that or read about it, um, just check out my website and probably type in spongy bread in the um, search box. But anyway, so you could almost make a little cheese sandwich, maybe with tomato and this spread on some of that 
um, spongy bread that I have. So there's, you could really use it kind of like a cream cheese. So this is not gonna slice, it's not going to look orange, it's not exactly cheese, but it has a really great cheesy flavor. And that's what we love so much about cheese. We do love the texture too of the standard America diet cheese, but for this five minute recipe, it's really giving you the flavor, but not the texture, but it is it's still really good and I love to use it. Another way that this cashew cheese is so tasty is combining it with broccoli. You remember having broccoli and cheese sauce somehow, how that combination kind of hid the taste of the broccoli in the old days when you were a kid? Well, this does a really similar thing. And I love this with broccoli, especially if you can... I don't think marinating is the right word, but if you can chop up some of the broccoli and combine it with, uh, you know, this cashew sauce. What did I say we were calling it? Cheese sauce? Yes, cheese sauce. If you can combine it with the cheese sauce and then let it sit and kind of combine for a little bit, not too long because you don't want it to get soggy, but it's nice. It'll kind of soften up the raw broccoli a little bit. It's delicious. So that's another way I use it. What else do I do with it? Oh, (laughs) if you have a dehydrator and you have made a batch of this, why not get out a dehydrator tray, put a piece of parchment paper down, not wax paper, parchment paper, Google it. Just spread some of this cheese sauce on your dehydrator tray. Just try a few, a bit of it. You don't have to use the whole batch or anything. In fact, that's sometimes what I like to do is I use the cheese sauce for whatever I'm using it for. And if I'm dehydrating something, I'll just put a little bit of this cheese sauce in the dehydrator, right on a parchment tray. I don't do anything different to it. I don't add flax. I don't do anything. I just stick it in there and I dehydrate that. And it dehydrates I think you'll see this type of thing in many raw food recipe books called Parmesan cheese. So this, you can dehydrate it. It's not going to become firm like a block of cheddar cheese, but it will become really crispy and it's a nice crispy salty kind of combo. And you can use that as a salad topper. You can break it up. So basically you dehydrate it until it's really nice and crispy and it's very thin. So it's really just used as kind of like a Parmesan cheese. So you could, it'll probably dehydrate into a sheet or whatever amount you spread on there. It'll kind of all stick together, but you can just break it apart, throw that in a mason jar, seal it up nice and tight and store that as like a soup topper, a cheese topper. Um, what else? Salad topper. So it's just like a nice cheesy crumble you can use on stuff. So that's a great way to use it. Oh, you could put it on a raw pizza if you were making that. I know I'm talking about some of the complicated recipes, but there's so many ways to use this delicious cashew cheese. Cheese sauce. I really need to figure out a name. What I'm going to do here is probably create a recipe. So if you go to the rawtarian.com slash raw dash cheese dash sauce, before I launch this podcast, I'll put that recipe up there with a photo too, and then you can check it out in particular. So that's 
really what I wanted to say about this cheese sauce. Oh yes, I did want to talk about nutritional yeast. A few things. Number one, nutritional yeast is in many raw food cookbooks. It is used in raw food restaurants, but it is not raw. Now, this is a weird thing I've noticed in the raw food community is that there are a few things that there's a lot of, you know, kind of like agave nectar where it's kind of like there a lot of it is used in the raw food community and in raw food cookbooks, but it's not necessarily truly raw. Um, but it's used really frequently. And I think the reason why that is, is because it really has this cheesy flavor, which is great. And another excellent thing about nutritional yeast is in some nutritional yeast that you buy and you have to investigate because not all nutritional yeast has it, but there is B12 added to a lot of nutritional yeast and what b12 is is it's a vitamin that comes from animal products which as a vegan you can't get b12 and b12 is seriously important um you can get serious neurological damage it's a proven thing if you don't have enough B12. So as a vegan or as a raw vegan, there's a few things that you want to be really conscientious about. And B12 is a very important one. So if you're getting any blood work done, this is an aside, but you definitely want to be checking your B12 levels and it's really important. So if you can get a nutritional yeast that is um, fortified with B12, and it should say on the package, or you can investigate and look into that. It's a great way to get B12. I don't know why they've just been fortifying nutritional yeast with B12, but they've been doing that for a long time. And it's a great way to get your B12 and a nice cheesy taste too. So yes, I'm telling you that it's not raw, um, but it's like one of those weird things that it's just pervading through raw the raw community and has been for many years and it is something that a lot of raw people use and oh, I should talk about what it is in terms of the texture so usually it's comes in little yellow flakes or a powder it's really dry and you would just store it in your pantry in a sealed container or a sealed bag so that's a little bit about nutritional yeast it's not too expensive and it goes a long way. So this recipe actually, a third of a cup of nutritional yeast is quite a lot. So we had two cups of cashews and a bunch of other mixtures, sorry, ingredients, and a third of a cup of nutritional yeast. Now I think a third of a cup is the most nutritional yeast I've ever used in any recipe. Um, so that's quite a bit. So usually your nutritional yeast will last for quite a long time meaning that you don't go through it really quickly. But it actually, the shelf life isn't that great. It doesn't really come with an expiration date, but it kind of loses its flavor after a while. So you want to keep it in a dark place as opposed to on a windowsill or something with sun coming in. And I know some health food stores actually sell it and they keep it in a brown paper bag just to keep that sun off of it. So it seems to be sensitive that way. So that's something to be aware of in terms of nutritional yeast. 
I thought I had another brainwave while I was talking about that that I thought, oh, there's something else I want to say. Oh, actually, yes, it was just while I was talking about nutritional yeast, a few other uses for it. Um, Philip McCluskey, McCluskey rather, uh, he has a great popcorn recipe that is uses um, cauliflower and then nutritional yeast. And he just kind of combines it and sort of makes a sort of raw popcorn. So that's a great recipe. You can check that out on YouTube. So that's another way nutritional yeast is used. And I also love nutritional yeast when I'm making kale chips as well. Gives the chips a nice cheesy flavor. So that's about nutritional yeast. Now, in summary, what have we talked about today? We've talked about the long way of making cashew cheese and I know that some people have successfully made a hard block of cashew cheese and if you have done so and have actually had it become nice and hard so you could slice it I would love it if you could email me or Facebook me or whatever and tell me about your recipe because I have tried to make it a few times and really followed good directions by people that I respect and the results have not been really impressive at all so if you've successfully done that, I would love to have that recipe so I could try it again and maybe become a convert of the complicated cheese recipes. But really what I mentioned to you today was here's a, a recipe with cashews and nutritional yeast and it really makes a great cheese sauce. I make it all the time. I especially love serving it with zucchini noodles that I make just out of a nukini and I uh, make noodles just with a carrot slicer or kelp noodles, so good. Um, so I would make kind of a macaroni and cheese thing with this recipe. It's very versatile. It has a fabulous cheesy, white cheesy flavor. It really does. And I really encourage you to give it a try. Probably best in a high speed blender. Ooh, here's a great tip for you too. If your blender is not the greatest and not a blend tech or a Vitamix or not really very high speed, you may have better results if you can soak. Well, I know you'll have better results. If you can soak your cashews maybe even for up to eight hours in just a huge amount of water, whatever amount. So you soak them, just throw them in a bowl, cover them with water and let them sit on the counter for maybe eight hours or something. And the purpose of this is just to soften them. So I don't do this because my blender is amazing, but if your blender sucks and you want to make this, you're going to want to soak your cashews first. And then after they've been soaking for say eight hours, you could drain them and then just rinse them again and drain them again right away just to kind of freshen them up a bit. But you don't want to have it them be like soaking wet because you don't want to have too much extra water in this so all you want is cashews that are actually kind of dry-ish like not dripping wet um but softened so what you're gonna have done is to soak them rinse them again and then kind of like pat them dry with a clean tea towel or something just to get that excess water because like i talked about we don't want this recipe to be too watery and of course, the purpose of you doing that with the cashews is just to soften them to help your blender have an easier time of mixing them up and get rid of any kind of grittiness or um, anything that would 
make the cheese sauce not as appetizing. I guess that's all I wanted to say. Thank you so much for joining me in this, the 10th episode of the Raw Food Podcast. I just want to thank everyone too for um, all of their amazing positive comments, participating in the Facebook page or on the forum everything if you're just new to this podcast you could visit me i have simple satisfying recipes at therawtarian.com and i've got a forum there uh people tell me the site is nice and easy to use because we have just a big index of all the simple satisfying raw recipes and again thank you really so much for being here with me today for sending me emails letting me know how you're doing and supporting me and and your encouragement like lisa's about this podcast really helps inspire me and motivate me to create new recipes, create videos and podcasts, and just give back more to the community. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. listening to the raw food podcast with your host the rotarian be sure to visit me at the where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple satisfying raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste spectacular while you're there be sure to sign up for my newsletter and once you've signed up for that you will get a pdf copy of 11 of my most favorite most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan Alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes you can make at home that are raw vegan and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.